Welcome to the Giveology Impact Series podcast, in which we share the experiences and inspirations of social entrepreneurs and change makers around the world. We have Joyce Meng and Brent Harlow as your hosts today from Giveology. We are delighted to have Moritz Piatti from the Independent Evaluation Group of the World Bank join us today. Moritz is an experienced economist working at the nexus of public finance and human development. After a degree in development economics at Oxford, he moved to Zanzibar, Tanzania, where he worked on the health budget, implementing public financial management reforms in the health sector. From there, he moved to the World Bank's independent evaluation group, working on large evaluations in both the health and governance sectors. In IEG, he specializes in assessing the effectiveness of World Bank support in strengthening fiscal discipline, allocative and operational efficiency, and equity of public expenditures. Moritz is currently a senior economist working on an evaluation of the World Bank's corporate goal of shared prosperity. Once again, thank you so much, Moritz, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great. Maybe to start off to help give our listeners a bit of background, what is evaluation and how does it contribute to an institutional goal? Evaluation is part of every project cycle, really. So an evaluation has has two objectives. And an evaluation tries to inform accountability on the one hand, and it tries to inform learning on the other. So after any project closes, we try and assess what is it about, about the project that has worked, how has it worked, so um, on, on causal mechanisms, and what has been the outcomes, what were the achievements of the operation. And on the one hand, the accountability side is that we're looking for whether the, the project's objective has been achieved as, as it was promised to the board. And on the other hand, we're trying to understand what is it that has worked and how can what has worked, our experience from what has worked, inform forthcoming evaluations. And so we are doing this at the Independent Evaluation Group. And um, evaluation is not, right, it's not only relevant for, for the business that we are in, but um, governments do evaluations, um, NGOs do evaluations. It's, uh, the, the purpose is always there. Great. And just to help give us a concrete example, like, you know, clearly you've done evaluations around the world. Maybe you can talk a little bit about some specific instances so that we can get a better sense of what it looks like in the field. Hmm. So, you know, you could look at at a health operation, for example. Right. So, um, well, there are two types of, of evaluations you can work on. You can work on a micro-evaluation, which is an evaluation of a specific project, right, of one specific engagement. Or you could look at the macro-evaluations, where you look at um, the engagement of the institution as a whole. Right? So um, looking at one specific project, one could um, take um, a health project, for example, where one tries to reduce the you know maternal mortality right and there are a number of inputs that may be needed for um, reducing maternal mortality 
you know you can have um, institutional strengthening you may um, wish to build facilities you may wish to equip um, facilities with um, better um, you know with with um, supplies and, and drugs for example so these are all parts of the of the um, theory of change and um, you know you could look at what is it in this theory of change that has worked right? and has this plausibly fed into um, improved into improved outcomes right? and and in the absence of being able to do a rigorous impact evaluation one can look at all of these um, various aspects and then see to what extent um, the intervention has actually um, impacted outcomes and you know there there are a number of um, health evaluations where I've worked on where where these type of interventions were actually done and um yeah it's 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 quite interesting to see the the wide variety of of um, project success right yeah actually so we have mm-hmm. hmm? sorry go ahead so we have, you know, so there are health operations, and then um, we have public finance operations that are quite different in nature. But so in in a health evaluation or a health operation, it's um, a lot of the things are quite input driven. Right? So you can build physical infrastructure, you can procure drugs, you can um, train health workers, and outcomes are quite um, are more straightforward to measure. Um, with public finance projects. It's it's quite a bit different actually, because public finance is um, it's more intangible in a way. Right? So you know the kind of things that you're looking for are fiscal discipline, for example. You see, you know, how's your intervention led to improved fiscal dis- discipline in the country? Uh, fiscal discipline is you know relatively easy to measure, but the various um, inputs and how to get to fiscal discipline. Um, may not be right, and similarly for you know um, allocated efficiency and operational efficiency, that's also the case. Mm-hmm. I guess you talked about rigorous evaluation to figure out what works in the theory of change. Like, in your opinion, like what makes an evaluation rigorous? Um, you need. You need to have confidence in the integrity of your underlying data, first of all. And then you need to understand what it is about the theory of change that is important and where you can, whether you can understand whether there's a plausible attribution and contribution of the intervention to outputs, intermediate outcomes, outcomes, and then potentially impact. Right. And and uh, rigorous evaluation would be one where this um, theory of change can be plausibly established. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could also talk about impact evaluations and where, where you set up a counterfactual. And in that case, uh, you know, in, in the impact evaluations, a counterfactual is the group that has not been treated, 
right? So, um, you know, there's a group that receives the treatment, there's a group that does not receive the treatment, and after the treatment has been done, after you look at whether the, the treated are um, significantly different from those that are not treated, right? But in the absence of um, an experiment, the previous of what I talked about would hold. That makes sense. And in general, when you think about um, institutional evaluations of programs mm -hmm. or of public finance, how has it changed over the last like five, ten years, if at all? I think evaluation has moved a lot from um, from accountability towards learning. That people want to understand what it is that they can get out of evaluation, and people understand that an objective look from the outside may be important in informing future programs. And so whereas previously, I mean, the accountability aspect remains important. There's, there, there's no, no question about that. Right? But um, the people have, have begun to appreciate more and more the, the learning perspective of evaluation and people have become more interested in what evaluations have to offer. Um, and Moritz, can I jump in here and just ask, how is that learning disseminated? Once you, um, how readily is it is it disseminated to people who who need it and can use that that information? So there are different stakeholders in in the dissemination process. Right? So there is directly the evaluee who may like or not like your product, depending on on the outcome. And then there are, and then there is a much uh, wider audience of people who are potentially engaged in in similar types of operations within the institution. Then there is um, the client, there is the government that that um, you are working for, and there are other um, institutions and NGOs that um, that um, may be working in the same space as you are. And you know, with effective dissemination, you're trying to uh, make sure that your findings. Um, reach the audience that is that that um, your findings are relevant to, mm -hmm. and this has become much more important um, since we've moved towards um, a learning objective, right? Because purely from an accountability perspective, your direct audience is the board, right? So you're holding them accountable to what they have promised. From a learning perspective. To understand what it is that has worked about the operation, it's much you know the, your audience becomes much larger. Mm -hmm. And just on that, like from a learning perspective, um, based on you know your broad experience all over the world, what type of projects yield the most development effectiveness? And in situations in which like a certain program is not necessarily successful, um, to piggyback on Brent's question, how open are institutions or organizations are about like sharing some of their failures hmm. yeah that's that's a, a good question um, on the on the second half of the question but your institutions everybody is always somewhat apprehensive to evaluations and every you know you, you feel naturally defensive even you know when our own performances are evaluated you know, you you have a lot of ways of justifying why you did what you did, but um, <clears throat> I think we are um, coming around more and more 
um, to to appreciating the value of um, evaluation. And a lot of it also has to do with the engagement modality. And so, you know, it, it depends a lot on how findings are being communicated from the reports to the evaluee, right? Um, it, it's, you know, an understanding of the context of the situation that people have worked in, of the institutional constraints and and of, you know, various pressures that um, people were subject to. And an evaluation is not project evaluation or even a sector evaluation is not always um, a function of the performance of one individual. It is of of um, the institution as a whole. So it's a function of um, how a project was designed, the quality of entry, the relevance, <clears throat> etc., the supervision, the management support, all of these things. So um, it's important that one removes him or herself a little bit from from the engagement to try and understand what it is that it has actually worked about about this. And if this can be communicated adequately, I think that people can be actually quite open to this. Um, on the first half of the question of what types of projects tend to be most effective, <clears throat> it's a difficult question, right? Because because it is because effectiveness is you know it's difficult to to put all different kinds of projects into the same bucket and say one project is more effective than another, right? So going back to public finance and health, um, these are completely different sectors. Huh? So arguably, you could say, you know, you can measure the health outcomes directly and say, you know, we have saved X number of lives. And um, governance, on the other hand, is much more potentially difficult to measure. But if, you know, if you can get the economy on track, if you can generate employment, this can have, you know, um, ripple-on effects. And I think it's very difficult to measure um, those two and compare those two. But in general, the what, from my experience, the kind of projects that have been more effective are projects that don't try to reform everything. It's projects that don't go for the big bang approach, but projects that go for um, an iterative, adaptive. Um, approach that appreciate the an, iterate, an iterative approach to the reform process right so what are the things that are going wrong at the moment and um, you know how can we build on what we have at the moment to to achieve better results rather than trying to change the system entirely mm -hmm. yeah no that that makes a lot of sense and you know, just in general, like to, on that learning perspective, how do you make sure that the learnings from evaluations can be can be applied to different situations? You know, especially since you've done a lot of global work. Um, suppose this type of program, whether health or 
um, education or any social program works in country X. How do you use the learnings from that to decide whether it could work or not in a, another country? Can you just help us understand, sure. like, you know, how applicable are the lending uh, are the learnings across countries, across cultures, across opportunity sets? Yeah, it's a very it's 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 a very good question, and and sometimes. Uh, learning may not be adequate and, and applicable and generalizable across all contexts. But um, knowledge is very context specific. And if you're, you know, if you're not doing um, quantitative analysis with um, a large N that goes for um, the causal effect, with qualitative work, it can go for um, causal mechanisms right, to understand what it is that that has led from one intervention um, to a specific output and, and um, intermediate outcomes. And what really helps is to look at different contexts and try to understand where has a similar intervention um, yielded a similar type of lesson. Right? And then you can say, look, this has worked in country A, B, and C. It is quite likely that if you have a similar context, that this lesson may apply to you. Right? So it's important in, in these um, type of situations not to generalize and say this is a, a lesson this, that, that applies to everybody, but instead to, to say um, the practitioner should judiciously reflect on where this lesson comes from and then take an informed decision or take a calculated risk. Right? Say, I know this lesson exists, but I think it does not apply to me. I think this is um, this is really what can make a difference. It's bringing knowledge and information and lessons to people. Mm -hmm. And and I wonder how many um, like so how long have these evaluations been being done? And so what is like the um, the the knowledge that you're you're drawing from when you're trying to figure out whether a particular intervention could work in a in a in a new context? Mm -hmm. So we, right, we only do evaluations. So we don't um, engage in the design process of new operations because that would potentially constitute a conflict of interest. Oh, okay. But right. So, but we do we do evaluate all operations and. Um, we and and from that there there's a large pool of knowledge and lessons right, across a large set of countries and um, that constitutes our portfolio and so we have a large number of projects that have closed from which we can draw lessons and and then the the challenge is to develop synthesis products right where you look at cross at lessons across operations and projects and you can write a report and say look um, here you know here are the top five lessons that may be you know that are relevant and that have been relevant in you know at this in, in, in these type of countries and that type of information would then be um, quite relevant to practitioners okay 
Yeah, and um, maybe just talking a little about the governance that work that you've done, just based on your experience and learnings, how do you design a public finance system that can be effective and um, have effective service delivery and reduce leakage in the system, even when that country overall perhaps scores badly on the Transparency International Index? The the public finance systems. Uh, it depends on what kind of uh, you know country you are and what kind of um, basis you have for for your public finance system. But um, you know, in, you can. There's a budget cycle, right? Overall, from you know budget formulation, where you know you go to the legislative, and there's budget execution, and there's the budget evaluation, and the question is. Um, where across, you know, in the budget cycle, do you have your binding constraints, and where are your deficiencies, and you need to identify these in in an objective manner, and and then work on these incrementally. Right, and um, yeah, much of my work has been with regards to financial management information systems. These are the you know the the treasury systems that underpin um, the budget cycle. And what has made them effective, what we found is if they are comprehensive and diligently applied. And so the challenge is to really get um, the majority of the budget subjected to, to these. And, and, but if that really happens, then you can have confidence in your underlying data. And um, I guess, in general, bringing it back to Gibology and its network of partners, for grassroots nonprofits that are um, doing individual programs, whether in health, education, across the social sphere, um, especially for grassroots organizations with limited budget, for thoughtful evaluations, like what do you recommend that they do? I don't think it's necessary always to have that, um, the perfect. That. It's, it's not always necessary to spend a lot of money on impact evaluations to um, really identify the, the, the causal impact that you're having, right? the causal effect. I think if you can really and credibly establish um, a theory of change of what it is that you're doing, clearly articulate your outputs and your outcomes, right? And, and document these along the way, have a clearly established baseline, set targets, you know, have the targets um, that are clearly measurable and realistic and, and ambitious enough, and monitor those and be transparent about what it is that you've um, achieved, then um, I think an evaluation could be done on a relatively small budget and be very um, powerful, actually. Great, Brent. Any other questions? Uh, yeah, no, this has been um, very limited. Great. Any closing remarks, Moritz? No, thanks. I wish you all the best. It's been um, a real pleasure talking to you. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know I know our listeners are really excited about this episode. So once again, thank you so much for your time today.